0: Always love being in your presence. I want to be where you are. Will we come into the throne room? Bow at your feet and worship you. Declare that you are God, Lord of all. Lord, we pray and worship you, Lord. We thank you for who you are, Lord. A heart of thankfulness as we come before your throne. Lord, we just ask that you will speak to us through your word. Pray that you use Tony as your mouthpiece, Lord. We lift you high, praise you and worship. In Jesus' name.
1: Take a seat, guys. Just turn to somebody, tell them how good looking they are this morning. Great. Love what you've done with your hair. Go, oh, yeah, Cool. It's good to be reminded of some of those things. Hey, I called and you answered. I can remember right back to. do um, about you, but I was a a schoolboy, um, growing up in just a a family who didn't really like the idea of spirituality at all. And I had this red. What colour was it? Was it Arthur? It was a red Gideon's Bible in my hand, and. Um, didn't know much about the Lord's Prayer and stuff, but I can remember trying to pray for little bits of it that I, I knew. And so when I hear that song, I called and you answered, just in the, the seeking heart of a, of a dropout kid that God would find me. And the, that was where the journey began and moved and so on. And I wonder what it's like for you to think about that, where your journey began. I called, I was seeking, and you answered, God. And then you've taken me on this, this journey. Cool. Um, welcome to you all. If uh, you, you're needing a loo, then they're over there. Uh, we've got some morning tea on uh, later on for you. Welcome to the YWAM. as you know what YWAM stands for? You want Australia more than... Where are they from again? Where are we from? From Queen... than Queenstown. Is that right? You want Australia more than Queenstown. Great to have you uh, along. We've got some Ywammers in here. We've got a legend YWAMA in our midst, so please behave because All right. All right. word will get back, I'm sure. Uh, great to ha- have you along. Hey, I'm um, um, going to take you through a bit of a journey today in highs and lows and, and, and so on. I think we have on, on slide um, um, Connie's baptism. Somebody was taking photos yesterday. I don't know who. And there she is, getting baptised yesterday. Huh? I write up there. I wrote up Connie. Oh, it's Bonnie. Sorry. It's just, uh, the B must be beside the C or something or other on the top thing. And that was it. Yeah, it was Connor who was baptising. So, sorry, Bonnie, I got, your, got the name wrong there last night. But um, it, was, it was done nevertheless, and it was a, a great time for her, her family. Thanks for that again take that uh, down hey we need to uh, pray for the situation in Israel I don't know whether you're aware of that at the moment but and the Palestinians you know um, because things have never been too well with them um, but it's even worse come this morning uh, there's been um, units um, thousands of people die um, thousands of rockets launched, by Hamas is what the media is, is saying, no matter who, um, and uh, lives lost and people taken hostage as well, civilians, um, and it's a real mess over there. It's always been a bit of a mess, hasn't it? But it's even more of a mess now. And we can talk about all sorts of things and who's wrong and who's right, that's beside the uh, point. These are people's lives, you know, and... Um, and a really difficult situation you know to be occupied from a Palestinian perspective all of your life by a foreign entity you know raise your kids in that type of environment difficult for Israel and the situation for them and how they see, see things so just where you are um, Uh, let's just spend a moment in stillness, quietness, as you pray for the situation, as I pray for the situation as as well. Can we do that this morning? Can we do that? All right. So let's do that. Let's just spend a a minute just thinking of the situation and praying into that situation for God, somehow or other, to do what only he can do in, in that mess. Thank you, Lord. Lord, it just seems so far away. And while we hurt for the Ukraine, while we hurt for Israel, while we hurt for Palestine, while we hurt for people in all sorts of places, refugees who've never known anything else but a tent to live in, kids who just play in the dirt, that's all that they've ever known. seems to be pain and suffering throughout our world, everywhere. And we have very few answers. It seems hopeless to us, God. Can we just don't understand many situations? How, what, who, why, where. We feel useless and your heart must hurt just as much to see the way in which free will is just heads in the wrong direction and it almost seems impossible god that you could even fix this but we know that the word says very for example greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world which implies God that you are the answer which we've seen time and time again even in our own lives as we've journeyed with them uh, without you at times and then with you that despite human error and chaos that you come in the midst of even us and do a miracle work and continue to, to work in that and so we, we pray for these nations we pray for these situations it's been brought more to light lord the state of the world at the moment and we would just pray for godliness for We want to think peace, but we don't want to be lovers of peace so that everything's swept under the the carpet. We want to be peacemakers, Lord, or you are the peacemaker. We come in and sort things out right wrongs and say, no, this this is what's right. And so, Lord, we just lift up this situation because it's all that we can do from what we can see, and just pray, Lord, as you are aware of it, that somehow in some way you might be involved in the situations, in the hearts and the minds of people who are angry, who want vengeance, perhaps rightly so, and just pray for you to come into that situation, Lord, for somehow or other for your voice to be heard, for the love of Christ to be experienced in these situations that our minds are drawn to, not only in Israel and Palestine, Ukraine, Syria, refugee camps, Africa, wherever we find ourselves, China, you name it. We need you more, Lord. Lord. Come, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to church, everybody. <laughs> it's pretty heavy, but uh, uh, um, can be like that even in our own lives at, at times, a sense of two step forwards, one step back. I don't know about you and what that's, that's like, but we're continuing just looking at the fact that... Um, Life isn't really about who we are becoming. yeah. The journey. Whether you like it or not, there are things that are transforming you. The world, culture, society, family, you name it. Jesus. Let's just include him in there as well. Hey? Um, all sorts of stuff. And the, the journey is really about, we've been using a little bit of different language rather than a discipleship because it sort of got lost a little bit, but apprenticeship following Jesus in his footsteps, away, so on. And we're all about being transformed into becoming more Christ-like. But I don't know about you. Sometimes I find, as I've mentioned before, two steps forward, one step, step back. Um, and what we're trying to capture is that the way of a believer is rather than allowing just culture and society to form you, you place yourself in a position where you seek teaching. I'm just not going to allow the world to sort of shape me and mould me, but I'm going to apply teaching to my life. Biblical teaching. In place of habits, I'm going to practice some spiritual disciplines. In place of just relationships and occasional friendships, I'm going to grow in community. And this is one of the fundamentals that I think we struggle with in our society. Deep connection with one another why because we don't like to be vulnerable it's a hard thing isn't it to be vulnerable with somebody and saying let me tell you what how i'm really feeling or what's really going on in my life i hurt and perhaps we're not really asking about it as you know for everybody let's just um you know tell everybody what's going on but to find a group of people that you can grow deeper with So in place of just friendships, relationship, deeper community. In place of just allowing the world to just shape you and so on, seeking after the Holy Spirit to move. That's what the life of a Christian is. God, I know I'm not on my own here, and I know this is the pathway of of growing me in, in Christ, and I thank you for the movement of your Spirit that rests within me and upon me. It's about partnership with God. And so today we're just looking at really what's your role and what's the Holy Spirit's role. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at two passages. I'm going to actually go to um, Exodus first of all. But Exodus 34, this is about Moses. Exodus 34, 29 and following. And it says this, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. And when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, so Aaron and all the leaders and the community came back to him and he spoke to them. They've never been that afraid of somebody's face that you like go, whoa, dude, you know what's going on there? Happens to me all the time. But when Moses called them and Aaron, they all came back. And afterward all the Israelites came near him and he gave them all the commands the lord had given him on mount sinai and when moses finished speaking to them he put a veil over his face but whenever he entered the lord's presence to speak presence to speak with him he removed the veil until he came out and when he came out and told the israelites what had been commanded so this is the whole journey as they're moving through sinai and so on they saw his face was radiant, and then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. Huh? And so, there's a sense of why they would just keep putting the veil over Moses is the the um, glow of Moses, having been in the presence of God, would slowly fade, and they didn't want to see that. They thought, no, 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 we just believe that really that Moses is constantly glowing. And they would move around and then when Moses would go back into the presence of God, he would remove it and he'd get a new suntan and then he'd come on out and um, boom, they would see this, the glow of Moses. And we're contrasting that with uh, in 2 Corinthians 3, where Paul picks up on this fact when he's talking about the Holy Spirit what I want to first of all really pick up on is just 17 and 18. But we're going to be looking at from 7 and onwards. And it says this in 17 and 18 for the moment. Now the Lord is is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, verse 18, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing Glory. And so there's this understanding that for a believer having received the Holy Spirit, that there's a transforming process taking place within. Now when it comes back to just humanity or being human, there's this thing called will. And the more I seem to try and apply will to my life, particularly in wanting to be more like Jesus, it would seem that, and many of you have heard me say it, the harder I try, it seems to be at times the more I fail. Because I can't produce holiness. If I could, there'd be no reason for Jesus. Straight up. And so it's not about the journey as a Christian, isn't so much about um, a... a um, A self-improvement program, or I'm just going to bring about godliness into my life and I'm going to make it happen. Only he can. And so what's my role? Well, part of my role is to try and determine what's good and bad. And I don't know about you, but there's this sort of a first level of, of desire which talks about or speaks about our basic needs. In other words, I'm hungry basic need, and so this is what I want in my life, all right? The second level of, of decision making is about what I would choose to eat. Next slide, please. When I go to Macca's, or I go online, hands up those of you who've shopped online for Macca's, shopped online, have online, come on! Come on, thank you so much. <laughs> Guilty, all of you. Get with it, people. I mean, crying out loud, what's a phone for other than to order food on? I mean, <laughs> when you... Well, let me tell you, for those of you who haven't done this, so you know in advance, because you get points, you see, if you order online and then get free stuff. Um, it's true. <laughs> so when I order my Big Mac... Right. Because I'm hungry, you know, and a Big Mac's the equivalent of how many um, donuts, how many um, um, Krispy Kreme donuts. I think it's a Big Mac's the equivalent to two, I think, Krispy Kreme donuts. I don't know whether I should be sharing that, that I actually know that or not. <laughs> this is good Aussie beef, though. This is really good. Um, so when I order... A Big Mac, all right? First thing to say is, do you want a meal? What type of person just orders a Big Mac? Because I'm going to order a meal. So then I'm going to go, a meal, thank you so much. And then as I order a meal, it comes to this page, and it says, please select. Now, my will looks at what, you thinking? what do you think? What do you think? What will I choose? What will you choose? Yes, you'll choose fries, won't you? You will... Hands up if you won't, choose fries. Yeah, one will. Other than you, anybody else? No, see, nobody else put their hand up. You all will order fries. That's good because I just wanted to make sure that no one was lying here. Uh, there's the option of a garden salad with a Big Mac. Is this in order to offset the Big Mac? Or what? Or is this? I'm just going to feel good if I order a salad and then throw it into the bin. I'm just going to feel lovely. This is great. I ordered the salad, the garden salad. I can't even tell you what's in there, garden salad, because I never ordered the garden salad. It's disgusting. There you go. There you go. Of course it would be compared to fries. All right? And so here we are in this conundrum almost. Of I'm hungry, I need to order food. You might be thinking, well, you could all sorts of things. well, you could be doing that instead and could be doing that. But here we are, we're in Maccas. What? So you order a Big Mac and obviously a salad. Now you know that's better for me. But we're not, we're in Maccas, we're not thinking about what's better for me. We're just eating maccas, all right? And so you order the fries, and it's great. Now, later on, you end up feeling guilty about it, for crying out loud. But I ordered it. I knew what was better for me, but I still chose this. And we have some of these struggles with our will, because we know what's better, but we choose something else. And so, part of the journey as a disciple of, of Christ is learning to grow in our willpower. That's not easy. Some of you might be saying, those of you who have the, the gift of self-control, there, gift. Isn't that great? The gift of self-control. I don't have that gift. Who hands up here who has that, that gift? I know there are a couple here who have, have that You have a bit of self-control? I'm not ordering the garden salad. There's no way in the world But this is part of the journey. It's more than self-control, and we're going to be looking at that a little bit and then looking at what the Holy Spirit's role is in it, is this um, willpower or building this muscle of willpower takes time and effort, right? And what willpower really is, is the ability not to see anything else on that slide other than the salad. There's no other option. It's the salad, of course. And I'm going to throw everything out other than the bun on the Big Mac that I'm going to order because I wouldn't be eating any of the rest of the Big Mac. Oh, well, except for the Aussie beef. Willpower. It's almost like, and some people I know in this room are really good at this. They've already grown well in this, and we'll talk about why and how, but where they don't see the fries or the hash brown, or even the Big Mac, they just see a garden salad. Willpower. It takes work to grow that muscle, to see nothing else. We all have willpower, but I don't know about you. I can get up of a morning and I can think healthy, healthy, healthy. And my standard breakfast for the past seven years, let's say, is a small bowl of Greek yogurt with a few sultanas in it and a glass of orange juice. I know I'm I, I, same thing. I can eat the same thing for breakfast, lunch and dinner and it won't trouble me at all. Hands up if you like that. Thank you. Everybody else. Awesome. All right. And it's fine. No worries. I used to eat the same lunch, hey, all the time. But I know that come ten AM, my willpower is a lot less. And I'm thinking, what can I have with my mocha caramel latte? Hmm? Hmm? A donut, yeah, or two. Willpower all of a sudden change. Or you might be thinking, Well, Pastor, I'm better than you, it's not ten o'clock, it's later in the evening. Huh? And well, and we can make all those types of excuses or whatever just to say, you know, oh, wow, I've had a big day and so on and so on. I deserve, don't we all, you know, that that donut or that ice cream or whatever. Even though I know at the beginning of the day, I'm in a different mindset. Willpower. Discipleship to Jesus is learning to exercise our willpower and to get stronger in it, your role. Hmm? How we do that? How do we do that? Well, we can't influence it directly, meaning, for example, we all have those temptations. Easy, I'm more equipped in the morning, but in the evening I'm struggling a little bit more. But we can influence it indirectly through the practices that we put in our place as believers. And a lot of River Life, we've been journeying in this for quite a few weeks. You're going to be really taking it on next year. I'll be hearing some more of this, going over it next year, because I know about you, but I need repetition as well. And it's about putting in practice, not just the spiritual disciplines, you might, you know, there's a good proportion of those, or all of those, however you see them, that are good for your lives. But this is about the apprenticing process. Because your core values, these are some of River Life's over here, are probably similar. Beloved means community, coming to worship our beloved, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It means about belonging, community. I'm going to practice this because I know that in doing that, in coming together, so Sunday isn't just an option, it's important part of my spiritual growth because I'm doing life together in community, not just at a distance of when it suits me, but I'm coming together, is essential. Because we do life better together. When we can be a little bit more vulnerable and dip our toe in, into the water and discover that as we share with somebody else some of our own inner struggles and thoughts and whatever else, that there's people who are similar and struggling just the same or in a similar fashion, and all of a sudden we deepen and we can get stronger together. To be, not to, and Chris picked up on this when we were looking at these core values ages ago, it's not so much about um, becoming, because it's almost like something that we're trying to get to as a disciple, as a follower, but I am being a disciple, to be and to grow into that, to be a blessing to the world and to believe for others still to get to to come. Evangelism. Call values of what you choose to shape you. The journey of a believer. Exercising willpower is about Changing the stories in your mind about your identity, about who you are and how you'll see yourself. Believing that there is something more yet to come. Not believing just the stories, but sinking ourselves into the word through practice, practicing spiritual disciplines through community, as we've mentioned already. But you see, the bad news is that no matter... How much willpower you have, it will never be enough to live like Jesus. Because getting back to one of my original points, the harder I try, at times, the more I seem to fail. I can't produce holiness. What I can do is position myself into places of prayer, of solitude, of worship, of community, of journeying with other people, reading the Bible, fasting. These practices that Jesus encourages us to be, to be involved in, not just where, where the pastor or the church decides that we're going to do it, but to actually go, this is it for me. I want to grow in this stuff and I can position myself in a way as we've been learning at River Life, waxing on and waxing off to discover one day, whoa, something shifted and changed within my life. The Spirit of God has come in the middle of me positioning myself having a heart's desire for him and maybe you know, still doing a one step backwards and two step forwards and stuff and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit has done a work. And don't you say to yourself, oh no, well that was me. It's just now part of it. Because we can't produce holiness. Only he can. Because otherwise uh, we didn't need Jesus. We didn't need Jesus to get us right before God. And that's wrong. Just think about it for a moment. Your family of origin, personality stuff. Our willpower struggles big time because we discover that there are things that attach themselves to us. We're not quite sure how, but we know that our background or our culture or something is there Childhood trauma, addictions, deep insecurity. However they've come about, we know and we experience them in our lives. It's hard. So we see in Exodus 34, Moses coming into the presence of God. There's this glow, there's this thing that's happening. Um, and But who has access to God in that situation? Moses, just Moses. In 2 Corinthians, and I'm going to read the whole passage now, we see something that has shifted, and this is the, the new covenant. In 2 Corinthians, Now if the ministry that brought death, verse 7, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, this is the, the presence of God, the, the glow of Moses, So that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation, this is the law, these are the, the Ten Commandments, was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now. In comparison with the surpassing glory, you could almost get lost in this passage going, where are you going, Paul, with this? Because he's now talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit upon any of you who've confessed Christ as Saviour and Lord. The presence of the Holy Spirit. Not the it, but the he. And if it was transitory, came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Because Moses' face, the glow would leave. presence of the Spirit doesn't leave. And therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away, the glow. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read." It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Can you hear an amen to that? Can I hear an amen to that? Oh, thank you. (laughs) Amen. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, that's Important because it was just Moses and now Paul is saying we all who with unveiled faces contemplate, that's sit and reflect the image of God, the glory of the Holy Spirit, the Lord's glory are being transformed and that's a regular process into the image with ever increasing glory. You can hear an amen to that with ever-increasing glory. And so the movement of the Holy Spirit is shifting something within your very being as you struggle forwards and back and want to choose the salad but keep choosing the chips and someday somebody will choose a salad. Because the process of transformed by the renewing of your mind will take place. And before you realize it, something shifted. Because the Holy Spirit has made it even more real in your life. To stare at the Holy Spirit. is about abiding in the vine. To receive the glory of the Holy Spirit and transformation is about this constant positioning oneself to allow or we're in a place to allow the Holy Spirit to move where we become like our rabbi with ever increasing glory and we move forward in our transformation. So Paul's big on this. He sees it as a really important thing. Do not underestimate the Holy Spirit and the movement of the Holy Spirit. But transformation takes place in two ways. And I'm almost finished this morning. I've seen it in my own life on numerous occasions and in other people's lives where transformation is instant. When someone who perhaps receives Christ or comes for prayer and by the laying on of hands there's just this outpour of the Holy Spirit. Have you seen it? In people's lives, or perhaps in, in your own life, and there's immediate transformation. And I think we're in almost a, a stage in our world as Christians, or we've been fed this, that that's what we want all the time. Power! Come on, Lord, power! Just bring it now, power! It happens, doesn't it? There are moments... Place echoes a lot. powerful moments, but I see more transformation occurring in your lives and my life, inch by inch, step by step. And when I look at some of our elders' lives, our seniors in the church, and I think, what a journey they have been on to be To have remained faithful to the core in our seniors, to see that inch by inch, sometimes in the way they do walk, (laughs) you know, inch by inch. (laughs) Oh, no, that wasn't a bad thing. Is that all right? Is that a bad thing? No, what I'm saying is they're moving, they're moving slowly but surely, they're moving. And so when we see our seniors here, Bill and Judy, how long have you been following the Lord for? You move faster than that, by the way. I am just right. to say that. How long, Bill? 60 years. How do you do that? And I bet it's not about... Bang, bang, power of the Holy Spirit moment, but it's inch by inch. And perhaps some of it's been through a fair bit of hardship. Difficulty. Struggle. Where are you, God? I can't see you. What's happening? So don't swamp them afterwards and say, hey, you know, tell us more about how's it been going and whatever. But we have something to be so thankful for in our seniors because they are testimony to the awesome power of God. Transformation. And so while we'd like it quickly, it sometimes occurs in just powerful breakthrough moments, and it's not just a once-off. It can be another time and another time and whatever. But almost in a maturer way, it's probably not quite perfectly right, but it's inch by inch, step by step, and seeing transformation take place. I don't hear often character-changing instantly. I don't hear, hey, I was an impatient jerk, but now I'm just the nicest person ever. Or, gee, I was the most lazy, undisciplined person, but I woke up this morning and I read Leviticus three times. Oh, yeah. It doesn't quite happen, does it? There's sometimes breakthrough moments, but sometimes deep character is about practicing, journeying, step-by-step. And so when we're talking about, I want to finish with with this, where Jesus says in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches, and you probably know it quite well. It's about being grafted in, and it's about slowly growing, but it's he who produces the fruit, isn't it? Galatians 5, if you want to read that, Uh, it's about him producing the uh, fruit. But in all of that, at the end of it, you think that, you know, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And you think, oh, couldn't you have at least said just a little bit? Then I can do something. But he's really talking about holiness. All right? The incredible transformation that God creates and makes. Him alone. As you and I position ourselves using spiritual disciplines, other things, church community and the like, to allow him to do his work. Your role, his role. So if you need some prayer for some of that this, this morning then I can't encourage you to do something about it. If the Holy Spirit's speaking to you this morning, prayer is so important. It's not about, well, God, you've got to rock on up and go, pow, a big-time transformation. Sometimes it's the inch-by-inch inch prayer. Come, Lord, I'm going to place myself, I'm going to position myself for prayer. Not because you know whether you know, I've got enough time or not, but because I choose. Lord, it's what I want in my life more and more and more. Mm? Because the opportunity for prayer is really exciting, isn't it? Lord, I'm placing myself in a, in a position where you can bring about your transforming power and your promise says you will, whether it's instant or whether it's inch by inch. And I trust in that. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that there is something in life that is true and steadfast and certain, and that is you. Your word, the promises within it. That you who have begun a work in us will bring it about to fruition. There's a promise. You're on the way. If you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord this morning, as the Messiah, as the Son of the living God, you're on your way. His promise is about bringing it into fruit fruition. And so, Lord, <laughs> the more some stuff is that it doesn't matter if you feel like that you've done a backward step at, at the moment, that's okay. He says, Well, sometimes that's the best way that we're going to be learning. Speak to some people at church this morning who've been on that journey for a long time. But it's inch by inch, his promise will be at work in your life and is at work in your life. And so Lord, help us to be encouraged, to be inspired by that. Perhaps you feel like at the moment, I'm going to jump into this spiritual discipline. I'm going to get this right. I'm going to do this because I I just can't wait to see God show up and see what he's going to do and so on. That's fantastic. But be prepared also for the long haul in that. The long haul. Because there's always going to be something that he wants to work on in your life, through your life. And so we thank you in advance, Lord, for your, your promises that are going to come about that are going to be realized in all of our lives. And for the joy that that brings to our salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing a final song. We've got some morning tea. If I encourage you. Um, one announcement I did quickly forget: if you're part of River Life, Liz is going to be doing up a new directory soon. So uh, be aware of that. That's coming your way. She'll be in touch with, with you about your details and so on. All right, it's on its way. That's Danancing. If you need prayer this morning before we go, make sure that you get a hold of somebody to feel comfortable to pray with. Or I'm always hanging around up the front here, keen to pray with people. Make sure you do that if you feel the need. Let's, let's see. You
0: are here. You're moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are way maker, miracle work, promise keep, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. You are here, searching every heart. I worship you, I worship you. You are here. around. That is who you are.